What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I am Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are dealing with our mommy issues in an extremely startling way <laughs> as we talk about Ari Aster's latest film, Bo is Afraid. Following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafka-esque odyssey back home. Um, Listen, I'm just going to say right out of the gate, the way that Ari Aster describes this movie is it's basically about a guy who needs to come. And that's pretty much not wrong. Right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, I think we (laughs) end up finding that out. I think he also, didn't he call it a... The Jewish Lord of the Rings or something like that, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, just so unhinged. All of which seems accurate. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is going to set the tone for the pod. This is this is how the episode is going to go. Uh, spoilers are ahead for Bo is Afraid. I think our plan is to go spoiler free at first. We're going to try mm-hmm. and do a general overview. That should probably be 10 or 15 minutes. And then we'll give a hard cut on when we're going to get into spoiler territory um, because this movie is just one what the fuck moment after the next and yeah. going in as blind as possible, I think is beneficial, but we'll talk about that. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we just watched it today. It is out today. We're recording on Thursday. Pod comes out on Friday, the official first day that the movie is out. Um, I saw it a few hours ahead of you. We are very fresh on this movie, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Um, Let's let's do non-spoiler first. Let's go high level. General thoughts, review. Um, what do you think of Bo was afraid? Bo ring. I <laughs> did not like it. Wow! <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I, oh no, man. this was such a it was such a bummer. <laughs> such a bummer. I'm so, I'm so I am disappointed. in a state of shock right I know, now. I know. Me too. I'm not saying that I heavily enjoyed it. I'm just shocked. Like you were, this was your thing. This was your project, man. This was your A24 gem right here. I, this was like the hottest take I can give you. And I think this will help Ethan. I was thinking this as I was watching it. I was like, yeah. this will probably help put it into context. <laughs> there were multiple points throughout this movie where it's like, I think I'd rather be watching the Batman right now. Like, Oh my God. That is just brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like Joaquin was, he was, I mean, he's Joaquin. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's ever given a bad performance. I mean, I've made my feelings on the Joker clear here, Sure, but he is one of the like two to three things I like about that movie. He, he gives a great performance. Um, and wow. he gives, you know, a good performance here as well. I just didn't give a shit about like anything that was happening. And I was so disappointed, you know, it's like, it was just like, it was crazy. Um, you know, I mean, anyone that listens to this is probably like in the Twitter sphere or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's that meme where you're like, it's two things that shake hand and then underneath like what they have in common, you know? Yep. And I was just like, as I was driving home, I was like, Oh, it's like, Ari Esther shaking hands with Alex Garland and it's like A24 <laughs> auteurs who third third movies falls fucking flat for me. <laughs> I was like, what happened with men? What happened with Bo's Afraid? It's just like, I don't know. Dude, I don't can't, know. can't do the three-peat. Doesn't I just, work. I was so, I was, oh man. And I, I like, I think it's why I, I felt that way about 
or I had that thought about Batman too, because I went into it like uh-huh. ready. I was ready for it to be my movie of the year. You know, I've talked about it. Like I bought that super yucky Robert Pattinson shirt and like yeah. the, my chemical romance font, like long before it came out, I was like, I'm going to fucking love this movie. This is going to be great. You know? <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I felt that about this too. And it was just kind of like, no, this, this was um, my disappointment Boulevard without a doubt. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm ex- I will watch it another time because, mm-hmm. you know, the first time is a lot, but mm-hmm. I know that like I left Midsommar just like, oh, that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Like I was into it from the beginning. Um, same with Hereditary. I didn't see that in theaters when I watched it at home. I was like, I don't need to see that again, but that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But this one, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> it, it well, was... I don't. I mean, I, I told you that I saw someone on Twitter say that like they compared this to Babylon, and like from what I've heard about yeah. Babylon, it's like okay, I think I get it. Where it's just like, man, we gave some yeah. people a lot of money in three hours to tell a story <laughs> Do that something that they wanted. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't, I don't know that it felt like. Um, man, I'm really just. I'm not trying, honestly, trying, trying to shit on this, but it's just like. Like, oh, this is like a depraved, like, student film that just, like, went off Uh, the rails, you know, where it's just, like, all the weirdest thoughts I've ever had. Like, I want to put that in a movie. And they did that, but it was, like, nothing hit me mm -hmm. really at all, which was, like, such a bummer. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll gather my thoughts. I want to hear yours. What did you think (laughs) about it? Well, look, you're in the right place, Ben, because, you know, this is a safe space and we can talk it through and we can figure it out. And, you know, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shell shocked, to be honest with you, because I, I, right, because you were very excited and I I did get home from the movie and and Molly was like, you know, my wife, she was like, how was the movie? Like, I want to, I want to hear about like, how was the movie? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. Like, I, I just, I just don't know. And so a little, a little insight into my experience, my theater going experience. I saw it on IMAX. Mm. I love IMAX. I love IMAX. That's like my go-to. I don't know who Ari Aster like promised a house to or something to get this to play on (laughs) IMAX screens. Yeah. I don't get it necessarily. Like it, it's fine. It's great. Like IMAX is always cool, but like I it was this like, it's being promoted as like, you got to see this in IMAX and like yeah. coming from an IMAX guy. I'm like, I don't, I don't really get that portion of it. Um, it is very aut- auteur. It is very like very, um, film bro, like driven. So mm. it just doesn't translate for me for that IMAX. But I had to go to the bathroom so bad. I was really pushing the limits. I got a large soda and oh, I, that nice. was a, that was a, a, a risky move. it was a very risky move, but I made it. I made it all the way to the end. Didn't miss any of it. And when I was in the bathroom, I overheard somebody outside um, that had was in the theater with me that had just seen it and was talking to, I, I believe was their dad. And they go, well, my jaw is dropped. I don't think I understood any of that. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty on point, honestly. Like, it was yeah. a lot, and it was a lot of really interesting things, I think. But, like, what does it mean? I think we will get into that. Um, staying spoiler-free, I, I liked it more than you did, um, mm. obviously. I, I think that's clear. I I will absolutely be seeing this again, not necessarily in the theater. I don't know if it's worth that. 
I was big into like going to see Babylon again in the theater because I yeah. think that deemed a theater going experience. Um, I think this is one of those movies that might benefit from like an at home watch when you can like be like, Hey, I just want to consume like this 20 minutes of it and mm. then really ponder that. I think, I think it's got a lot of really crucial and incremental pieces that try to say some things. And I just don't know if the structure is correct. Here's, Here's what I was thinking, and and people that listen to this pod know, Ben, you know, I was trying to, I, same as you, I was trying to figure out like, hey, how am I going to relate this to Ben? How am I going to like get through to him about what my thoughts are? And my very first, and if you've seen the movie, you'll understand this, um, and we'll get into it. My very first thought was, I think Ari Aster turned into a little, little Darren Aronofsky there at the end. I think we went full Aronofsky, and I, yeah. I think A24 just like was like, do whatever the fuck you want, man. We can yeah. we can afford it. And it's like, oh wow, I don't know if necessarily that was the right thing or or not. I don't really know. So I liked it more than you did. I think there's a lot of good pieces. I think Joaquin is is sublime. Um I I think Patty Lupone is dynamite yeah. in this movie. Truly. I think she's very, very good. Um part, in, in what she yeah, in what she does do. Um I want to I want to mention real quick. So Ari Aster, you mentioned it is his third film and third film with A24. He's done Hereditary. He's done Midsommar. Um, two kind of stalwart Hall of Famers in mm-hmm. in A24 horror have really paved the way for what A24 is known for. Um, he also did a Reddit AMA over on our movies a few days ago earlier in the week. Um, we have talked about it here on the pod before about why the title was changed from yeah. Disappointment Boulevard to Bo is afraid. I just want to read his answer because um, I think it was interesting. And I, and I think both you and I agreed. I, I think we liked Disappointment Boulevard a little bit more. For sure. Yeah. Of a title. A um, so this is what he said. He said the name was changed to distract from old scripts of Bo that were floating around. Apparently there were old scripts um, several years ago floating around on 4chan that people had had read and had leaked and had gotten out. Mm. Um, he also said that Disappointment Boulevard felt like a title that Bo's mom might have given the film. And another alternate title, which was actually on the clapboard, was Mona's Choice, um, which after seeing the film, I think is very interesting in context to, to what that might mean. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple, like uh, just a couple broad general questions before we go into True Cinema and start breaking this absolutely mindfuck movie down <laughs> and trying to figure out what it is all about. Um, I want to know what, what was your favorite act of the movie? We get kind of a pretty cut and clear three act structure. It feels like yeah. with the third act being significantly shorter than the other two. Um, I had a very standout like favorite act that I was like, this is more my speed. Did you feel that with any of the acts? I, I don't know. I'm curious since you didn't really like it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first act seems very much is Joaquin it's like just kind of him, you know, for the most part, the second act, we introduce Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane who are both great actors. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't, I mean, that wasn't it for me. Um, I would say the third act was my favorite part. Uh, we get Parker Posey, um, yep. who I'm always, I knew you were going to be very happy about the Parker Posey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool to see her. Um, and then yeah, Patty Lupone just like, just chewed scenery man like in the Mm -hmm. best way so the third act for me definitely was like my favorite part of the whole thing interesting okay it was good to go out on a high but it's a bummer to like have Have to to wait for hour three to be like okay maybe maybe this is okay like i don't know like that's yeah that's a hard ask i think 
Yeah, it is a hard ask. And I, th- I think, and I was talking to Molly too, I think this movie, I'm exceptionally curious to see how the box office does because yeah. this, I went to a 3 p.m. showing on a Thursday afternoon, middle of a work day, played a little hooky and lied about what I was doing. And I said I had a family obligation. And you know what? This is, uh, I don't know if it was better than a family obligation. I don't know, yet to be determined. <laughs> um, but so I went and there was probably 15 or 20 people there. And I was a little surprised. I was a little impressed. But I'm really curious. It just feels like a movie that is really going to ask a lot of audience members, especially yeah. based on a trailer. You're sitting for three hours and you're taking twists and turns and really some high level, again, like Aronofsky type things where you're really asking these huge questions about how things interlock or connect and really stretching people. Um, so I'm really really interested to see how this will do and how people will pick it up and if people will attach to it. Um, I, I, I just don't know. Uh, you mentioned Amy Ryan in the second act. I'm sorry. I know you're an office guy as well. I can't, I can't distinguish her from her role in the office. I'm just like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Where's Michael Scott? Like bring him in. You know what I mean? Um, but I liked the second act the most. I really enjoyed. I think that, is where I wanted the story to be pretty much the whole time. I think the third act was really, really pushing that envelope for me of like, okay, what do, like, where are we going? What are yeah. we doing? What is the point? What, what are we connecting to here? And I think the second act with Amy Ryan, with Nathan Lane, offered some of the funniest moments, in my opinion. Um, that comedy from Nathan Lane was really on point for me. And I think it made for some of the most intriguing things you get kind of a lot of interesting things happening. I won't mm-hmm. say quite yet, but I think it it allowed for the most intriguing um, kind of dynamic and energetic storyline between Joaquin and what is going on around him. I think that worked um, really well for me. Um, what does it all mean? That's my one question I want to ask you before we dive into details, uh, because it's kind of hard to keep talking about this movie without going into spoilers. To yeah. be honest. Uh, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> and I think maybe that's like part of my review. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know either. I mean, we've, we talked about it on here. I do my best and I try not to listen to anyone else's mm-hmm. thoughts on a movie before we talk about it. Um, and I will say I'm, I'm very excited after this to like listen to some of the pods that I know like both of us like and just like yeah. smarter people. Like what, <laughs> what do you guys think? Cause like, I'm just, I don't know, man. Like I have no, I cannot grasp what the intent was behind (laughs) this and I will take full responsibility for that. That's like totally on me. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I've talked about like my bad theater experiences before and surprisingly didn't have any talkers tonight. Um, But I did have five people around me who felt like they needed to keep checking their phone throughout, um, which was super annoying um, at first. And then, by the end, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You know? We'll let but, it slide. No, honestly, like, I, I, I hate when people are on their phone. Like, if you if you were on your phone at the 7 p.m. showing at the Sandy Cinemark, please fuck off. Like, stop <laughs> getting on your phone during movies. Like, if you don't like it, leave, you know? But, like, right. one dude, get I literally saw him open up his LinkedIn app. It's like, what the fuck? Are you looking the for fuck? a job right now? Like, are you waiting to hear back? Oh and his, like, partner, God. wife, whoever was sitting next to him, like, she was just on Instagram, like multiple times like at least and 10 people times paid for these phone. tickets they like paid to go see this film and they were I like yes linkedin is better than this movie yeah it's just like oh it was so annoying so i i hate that it's nice to not have talkers but it's still just like 
it's still very inconsiderate. But yeah, all that to say that, you know, there are times where I'm like, okay, I think I know where this is going. And then just like pulls the rug out from under. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that. So like, what is it supposed to be? I don't, I just, it's like a dude with mommy issues who needs to bust a nut is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like, yeah, yeah. That's is it. that it though? Like, is that really it? Like, I, so, do they give him $50 million to do yeah. that? Like, Maybe. I don't know. Here's what I think is so interesting, though, because what if, what if, and Ari Aster does strike me as the kind of guy who would do this. What if that, that's it? Like, what if it is that student film project, but he got $20 million to do it and he got Joaquin and he got all these cool people and he got A24 behind it. And he was like, yeah, let's make a really fucked up version of a guy who just has like really deep mommy trauma and, and has, has to bust a nut. And like, let's just get as weird as we can. Maybe that is really it. And maybe that is part of the device, right? Like maybe that's what makes it so divisive because a lot of these reviews have been one side of the aisle or the other. It's people love it or they hate it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious too, because like I, I as well, I don't really know what it's about. There, There were interesting things that kept happening throughout though. Like, a lot of people saying, I'm sorry, you know, when like it normally mm. wouldn't fit in there, you know, even the, like when he calls his therapist and the, like, it's a voicemail. It's like, sorry. I'm like, or it's like, hi, this is so-and-so. I'm able to come to the phone right now. Please leave a message. Also, I'm sorry. You know, it's just like, Oh, but he would say that too. Like he would like when he, I think when he called like the, uh, his landlord or whatever, was like, I'm sorry, this is so-and-so. It's just, and as someone who has a tendency to over apologize for things, like it was very noticeable throughout the movies. Um, so that kind of, in a sense, made sense of the note, you know, that Amy Ryan leaves him. It's like, oh, okay, so maybe he's just yeah. been doing more of this than we realize. And then maybe in the bigger picture, when we get into spoilers, we can kind of understand a little more of like why she wrote that note. Because on the surface, That's, it I doesn't make know. any sense, you know, yep. like why, why would that happen? But um, I think we'll cover that more as we get into spoilers, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of, it really just felt disjointed, like just kind of all over the place. And maybe that was intentional, but mm-hmm. it that it just didn't, that doesn't work for me personally. I do think that, I don't know if it'll necessarily be reclaimed in five years, in 10 years. Like, yeah. you know, that conversation with Babylon that I'm, I'm very, you know, very much entrenched in the Babylon hive of like, this movie will be reclaimed in 10 years as one of the greats as one of, one of, you know, modern cinema's best pictures. Um, I don't think that's the case with Bo's afraid, but I do, I do believe that it will age. Well, I do believe that as, as it hits different people at different times and different demographics down the road, I think people will see different sides to it. And I think it's something that is really complex, even though I just said like, what if Ari Aster's just fucking with us and it doesn't really mean yeah. anything. Um, but you know, I I think at the end of the day, it is it is really about you know the big mommy issues and generational trauma, and I think it is about that duality of trauma and how mm. you can you can either take it on or you can push it to somebody else, and and yeah. what that might mean for an for an individual person, um, which you know I think is is worth talking about. But the way that this story is told, it does feel a bit disjointed from that overall theme. Um, do you want to, do you want to start doing spoilers? Cause I really want to start doing spoilers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we should get into spoilers. I just want to say one thing though, off yep. topic, I'm about to take an international flight. 
And I thought nothing would be funnier than that being the first time I watched Babylon on the back of someone's Let's seat. Go, <laughs> I was like, maybe ben, that's what I do. Maybe you this is like son of a bitch. You I'll have eleven <laughs> hours to fly somewhere. I guess I can spend half of that watching one movie. I don't know how fucking did, long did that you? Thing is, it, are you saying this because you saw my tweet? Did you see my tweet that cinema has reached? the sky no i didn't <laughs> Did it really? oh. i so i flew i flew to boston or i flew to new york and i went to the boston marathon right and on our flight to new york there was actually no wi-fi so on a five and a half hour flight we just got bamboozled with no Dang. wi-fi luckily i had downloaded a couple of movies um oh, that uh that i that i watched that i i lucked out on one of which being spotlight great just fantastic film um but That's what I hear. In the pan, you haven't seen Spotlight? No, I'm kidding. I just don't like it. Oh, it's, it's oh my God, Ben! What a <laughs> separate. Then I respond. I responded to your tweet with that. I was like, "It's all right." It's you fine. did, yeah, yeah. You said it's, it's a all movie right. That has one amazing scene, and that's it. They knew. They knew, and they did <laughs> yeah. nothing about it. Thank you, Mark Ruffalo. But <laughs> Thank like, you, you, Mark. Can't build a movie around one scene. <laughs> But at least I had one. This one, I don't even know. So my pamphlet, <clears throat> this is a real story. My pamphlet had, you know, it's like, oh, all these new movies and stuff. And like, there's some good new movies. And I was like, cool, maybe I'll knock out some new movies. Bam. Massive poster of Babylon. And I was like, cinema has reached the sky, baby. Yeah, We've done it. And so I, I wish you the best on your Babylon journey. I, well, I, appreciate I really hope that. the best for you. The plan right now is um, <laughs> to head over to Amsterdam and then probably train up to Copenhagen. So... Uh, yeah. I know vibe. Uh, I, I believe she lives in Denmark. So if you've got any travel tips, like let's go, let me know anyone else who listens and has got some good <laughs> advice about Amsterdam or Copenhagen DMS are open. Tell me what think, to do. I think this is exceptionally on brand because this is a pod about one of the biggest A 24 movies right now. And you've diverted to talking about your travel tips for yep. Amsterdam. Yeah. So I feel good about that. I feel like I would much rather talk about that <laughs> this movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's break this movie down. Let's talk about let's spoilers. Let's start going into this. So, um <clears throat> the very very opening scene, I don't have it here on the list cuz I don't include it in the true summary. I don't mm-hmm. think it's it's worth that. Um it's Joaquin Phoenix being born essentially and yeah. it's like the weirdest thing, right? Yeah, it was super strange. It gave me like uncut gems vibes, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like after a little bit like, oh, OK, this is like kind of what's happening. It's really interesting to to see that. Um, but I think it sets the tone as far as like the mother's relationship, you know, it's just that's the first time that, you know, Bo gives her any sort of like panic or anything like that. So yeah. it's like from minute one she's got beef with this kid already. You know, it kind of <laughs> seems like, cause like she held on to so much shit. Yeah. And she did. It's like, you promised me you'd never hurt me. It was like, he was probably six. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just all the, the weird promises and stuff that she brought up about him. So very, very interesting way to start the movie for sure. Yeah. Exceptionally interesting way. Um, okay. The first true cinema moment I have on here is walking home from the therapist. We get an introduction to the city that Bo is living in. It is essentially, this kind of post dystopian, um, like blown apart, just terrible city. Like, yeah, but like, like vagrants are running this place and there are dead people in the street and it is down, like downright frightening. What is like going on in this city? Yeah. Well, one thing I did enjoy about this scene that Ari Aster did with Midsommar, I don't remember if you did with hereditary or not, but like, he kind of tells us like what's going to happen throughout the rest of the movie later uh-huh. on. 
like Midsommar, we have that mural that if like, if you pause and look at it, like it shows you the whole movie, it shows you everything that's going to happen. And there were moments of that, like I need to watch it again, but obviously like the little statuette thing that he gets and then that thing is outside his house. Yep. Um, the boat flipping over when the mom comes to get the kid, you know, and he's playing with the boat in the water and then she pulls oh, him away. Oh shit, like, the boat I didn't even put that together. Over. Yeah. And wow. So yeah, like when I yeah, saw well, that. The, like, by the way, full-blown spoiler territory. We forgot to oh, make yeah, a hard call we were, out. Sorry, yeah. But we are full-blown spoilers, spoilers yeah. now, yes. That's so, a great call though. Yeah. So I, I want to go back and look at other stuff. Like, I don't think anyone jumped off the uh, uh, you the, know building or anything. Like I that. do know one other instance, very same thing when he first gets his pills and is very much leaving the therapist's office. We kind of see that in the trailer. Yeah. And, and I think that's what is a really enticing part of the trailer because there is so much going on. Um, there is somebody behind him that we get a glimpse of um, that has a sign that says, will um, will trade feet for hands or something oh, to that effect, yeah, yeah. which then later on takes place um, in, in multiple ways and in, yeah. in two different ways. There is someone that um, something gets said about like, Hey, this person sewed feet on their hands. Do you remember? Yeah, this I think one? it's in the play where they talked about that, yeah. Um, that. Yeah. They, they put hands where their feet were something along those lines. Exactly. So yeah, you're very much, yeah, that's a great call out of like uh, Ari yeah. telling us what's going to go down. Um, I think it's a really great tonal set again for like kind of the, the madman nightmare that like mm-hmm. Joaquin is undergoing and, and what Bo's like predisposition of the world around him is, is that actually the world around him? Is that how he views the world around him? Is yeah. that how he sees things go down? We don't ever get a clear answer of that. And I think that is a very interesting thing that like, I personally would have loved a little bit more tangibility of like, what is real? What is not real? What are we doing? And I guess that's just part of me wanting a little bit of um, kind of clarity into a lot of these things. Maybe it's, maybe I just need to believe like it's it's all 100% real. Like everything definitely went down. Yeah. Uh, you get to the third act, that's a little bit hard to go with. That's, a, again, asking a lot. Um, but I, but I, I like this introduction to the city. Um, the second one is taking his pills with no water. So he gets these pills. Um, you have to take them with water. Very, very important. He has no water in his apartment and he puts a pill in his mouth and, and he runs out and he leaves the door to his apartment complex open with a phone book and he goes across the street and he takes some water and tries to pay and all these vagrants and just lunatic people invade the apartment complex, invade his apartment. And I got really strong vibes of mother. I, I don't know mm. about you. Again, like yeah. I hate to relate it back to Aronofsky, but I was like, this is this is mother. And this yeah. is like really kind of off putting for me. It was. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, I think Ari Astor does a, a couple cool things at this intro here. Um, you know, with the last thing that we just talked about, I do love when suddenly Joaquin, when Bo is just like full dead sprint running towards like the tattoo guy. It's like, what is happening here? Like you have no (laughs) idea. And then you realize like, he's just trying to get away from him as fast as possible. Like, Oh, that was kind of cool. But the other thing I really enjoyed that fucked with me because I fucking hate spiders so much. But seeing seeing (laughs) those flyers, the brown recluse, and then like he opens the door and you see the, like the recluse go under his couch and it's just like, it's just in the back of your head the whole time. And like, I'm, I was even sitting there just like, you know, it's probably not even going to happen. Like he probably yeah. just put it there just to fuck with us and just like wait for something to happen. Cause he's moving the couch against the, and like nothing is going on. It doesn't go into his bed or anything. It's like, we may never see that spider again. And then if he, if he had done that, it still would have worked perfectly. Like 
that was great. You, you set us up for something that never paid off, but like in, in a way that messed with us, like in yeah. a good way, you know, how it showed up though, was still like pretty interesting. Um, you know, we saw it attack that dude and then a scene we'll talk about in a little bit, but yeah, I think the, the mother, like the invasion, then it is funny to like be with him in the shop as he's just watching them all go in. He's like, Oh no, <laughs> like yeah. just everybody from the whole street is just going into this building and then like into his apartment specifically, oh. you know, and then having him run over and the lady's like, Oh, I'm just going to move the phone book out of the way. You God, know? Like, it's so dude. funny. And so, like, yeah. I, I wanted him, I wanted him to get in, but like yeah. if he gets back into his apartment, what, like, what is he going to do? Like he's, yeah. he's, he's at a loss anyway. He's out. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, uh, uh, I think there's a lot going on there and it is definitely very like tension filled, very stress ordaining, like on purpose, especially with Brown recluse. Um, I, I want to talk just for a second about these notes that he ends yeah. up getting from his neighbor. They end up sliding under the door asking him turn his music down it's really loud it happens multiple times on like the third note it slides all the way from the door all the way to his bed which i thought was actually really sick i was like very that's, cool that's visual very cool visual um what can i i mean number one of however many take a shot every time i say what the fuck because you're gonna be blacked out with by the end of the pod but like what is that? What the fuck is going on? What does that mean? Is it, was it real? Was it anything? Who had the music? Cause someone turned on the music at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For the third time where it's like, please, I'm sleep deprived, whatever. And then it's like, they go in. Cause it's it, for me, it was implied that it was the person that wrote the note. But then it's like they're out of retaliation. It's like, well, fine, then I'll play my music super loud, even though like no one yeah. else is playing music loud or I don't know, something along those lines. But that is the kind of stuff where it's like, is this real? Or like, like mm-hmm. where did his luggage go? Where did the keys go? Like apparently, no the, apparently the keys are imaginary, according to his mother. It's like, yeah, it sounds like he doesn't even live there, which can I can I just I want to take a, a brief kind of like exit off because I have a more broad question. So. I want to know what what is the logistical layout of what we're talking about here? What is this city? Because he lives in this city. We learn that he ends up going six hours away to Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane's place. And that's kind of the second act. Yeah. And then he goes to to his his mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the forest. We get this massive thing in the forest. Like, are we all relatively close? Like, I'm just trying to get a, you know, I'm just trying to map this out. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. It is interesting to see like when he goes to his mom's house and they have like the the printout whatever of like the rehab development like building, which is like the building that yeah. he lives in. Yep. You know, so it's like in my first I was like, Oh, was he there like for a rehab thing? Because obviously like he's talking to a therapist and you know, he's I don't know, you know, definitely has anxiety issues. Um, almost feels like uh what is it when you think you're sick all the time? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you react, like yeah, kind yep. of like yeah, that because like he just keeps asking, like, is this gonna kill me? Is this gonna kill me? Like we get that multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've, I have no idea what the layout is there. Like it felt like, I mean, there's a there's a plane ride distance between yeah that town and his mom's town. Like that's a got to be somewhat significant. And I think does Nathan Lane say it's like a six hour drive or something six hour like drive? That? Yep. But I mean, what is that in a walk? But, it's like a week or something like that's nuts. Yeah. But isn't that, I think the six hour drive is from where he ends up with uh, Grace and Roger. Those are the two okay, people yeah. that he ends up with. I think it's a six hour drive to where his mom lives from there. So we don't know 
where his town is. We don't know gotcha. where his technical, yeah. like his development is. And then another follow-up question, like Amy Ryan's character, Grace and Nathan Lane's character, Roger, like it looked like they were running like a soup kitchen food truck kind of in, in front of Bo's apartment complex. But yeah. like, what are they, are they just like doing some good work? Is this like, you know, is this like an underserved community? Obviously like, why are they there in the first place? And you know, Grace, maybe not a great driver. Maybe you shouldn't be in the streets, Grace. Maybe not. But you, <laughs> but you saw Nathan Lane on the poster, right? Like when he's on the poster, at, um, on like when he's at his mom's house and there's that big poster of her face. Yeah. Um, and he, and then you like, you zoom in and you see like all the individual faces. Oh, like he was one, on there too. Yeah. The one dead center is, um, Parker Posey. Yep. But then, like top I mean. right a little bit, there's Nathan Lane there. It's like, oh, so he works for the MW Mona oh, Wasserman gosh. company. So it's like, oh, he's maybe he's not even a doctor. Like maybe, right. You know, well, dude, it's like, there's so no way. This. Listen, there's no way he's a doctor because that stitch that like, that yeah. oh, stabbing rough. that he got popped open like the next day. And he's like, nah, infected. you're cool, man. Yeah. You're good. Do jumping jacks. And then that, yeah, we see like <laughs> the therapist was recording stuff. So it's like, did the, the, the mom like make this yeah. town, just pay all these people to like, that's what I'm saying. And show him. Like, that's is what that I'm saying. What's going on here? Yeah. I, I, we will get to this. And I think that yeah. is a, I think that is a very key question to kind of put a pin in for when we get to the mom's house. Cause I think a lot of that is, at least directed me towards thinking about that of yeah. more, of that more Truman show esque type thing. Um, okay. Next on the true cinema, um, <clears throat> the phone conversation with the UPS guy finding out that his mom is dead. I put this on here because actually when it comes to like the cinematic experience, I thought this was very, very interesting and great technique from Ari Aster here yeah. that we, we start close with Bo and we get this very gradual pull out and then we get a push back in mm -hmm. and we kind of go through this kind of pulsating um, round of emotions with Bo of trying to learn, is this real? Is this not real? What happened? Yeah. Um, and then we get further confirmation that Ari Aster just fucking hates people's faces. It's pretty much how that goes. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what it feels like. That's a, it's a great scene. It's really like, that was one of the first, I think, chuckles out of me i guess in the movie is yeah. when he's like oh maybe you missed dial he's like oh yeah that's probably what it was like i probably missed dial then like we pull out it's just like it says mom on there it's like you didn't dial it you know <laughs> and then he calls back and immediately the guy's like i'm sorry man <laughs> like, yeah that was funny like, definitely your mom so um i like that a lot i thought that was that was a funny scene funny moment and i think that is that's definitely the turn where i started to I started to think, okay, like things are going to get really weird now because like, yeah. we don't, we don't know. Like we don't, he was supposed to go. If he had made that plane, she wouldn't have, maybe she wouldn't have died at all. Right. Like maybe we wouldn't be here. And, and she, uh, by the time we get to the end of the movie, we realize, you know, major spoiler alert. She is not actually dead. Yeah. She faked her own death to see what Bo would do, try to get him to come. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I think it's a very interesting storyline. I think it's a little flawed in the way it plays out, but I do think it is interesting. Um, the, ne the next one here, uh, the bath, the bath guy. So yeah. we're both taking a bath and he looks up and there's this guy just like stuck on top. Is that one of the guys from when they broke into his apartment and he just ended up still being there? So he hit from Bo or like, 
What's that guy yeah, doing up there? That was my only guess. Like, I have no idea. Cause like everyone else was gone. Other yeah. Than the dude that died. It's like, why is that guy still there? Yeah. Or did he like wake up when Bo came in, you know, I was like, Oh shit, I've got to hide. How do I get out of here? Yeah. I, I guess that was it. Okay. So the guy's like stuck on the side and he's dripping sweat and he doing his spider man up top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He falls on top of Bo. They do a little tussle in the bath. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, like the ultimate naked dad body here. Like yeah. he is, he's a little pudgy. He's obviously out of his mind, confused about like what's going on. Um, and then this is kind of um, really the end of the first act. We get this massive like crescendo running through the streets naked. The cops <laughs> essentially telling him to freeze. And he's like, don't make me do this, man. Don't make me do this, man. And like, that that's that very micro scene in particular for me is what leads me to believe like okay this is kind of a setup like that cop was talking to a hooker as it was yeah and and he obviously is not it didn't appear to me like he was a real cop like he just continued to say cop things you know what mm -hmm. i mean like he didn't mm -hmm. use any intuition and like he was there and he's like i'm good i'm you know i'm not going anywhere i'm freezing freezing and he runs away. We find out he ends up getting stabbed by the fucking what's it? What the what did they name boy him? Stabber or something like <laughs> the that. Birthday like, yeah. boy stabber, uh, and gets hit with the car. That was definitely the first like series of events where he gets hit with the car and it kind of goes to black. And my whole theater was just like kind of in murmurs. We were just kind of like, what the like, what is going on? What are we doing? And that's like forty five minutes in, man. We had a yeah. whole journey to go. We didn't even know. <laughs> And yours, I'm assuming, had that like kind of green glitch thing, like in between that scene. Do you remember that happening? I don't recall. Okay, yeah. Uh -oh. Like, oh we no. Had something, but it, it like it felt like it was done purposefully to like make it seem like it was. I don't know, like a vanilla sky situation. Where kind he's like of, yeah. stitched into a different reality. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like. Oh my like. god. Um, and I wondered when that happened. I was like, oh, okay, what's what's going on here? But well. I got to, okay, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it so I can own it at home so I can yeah. see if we're doing this green stitch thing or not, dude. Um, yeah, if, if what, someone's listening that's watched this, like, let me know. Maybe yeah. it was genuinely just at my theater where it, like, <laughs> it just happened, but it felt very intentional where it's just like, oh, I think this is made to seem like, all right, we're going into the second thing here. Who knows if it's real or not? Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Uh, okay, yeah, that kind of like caps off the first act. Yeah. Let's let's go into the second act. Um, the ultimate cameo. It's got to be in conversation for one of the cameos of the year so far, for sure. Yeah, it was good. I like that. UPS guy is is just Bill Hader, pretty much turned around, <laughs> so and good. and you can tell it's Bill Hader. Everybody in my theater got a good laugh out of that. Um, I do. Th I think that was like one of the funnier moments where it just it just felt like a little wink, wink, nod, nod of like Ari Aster just being like, yeah, I don't know, just kind of want to have a little fun with this. Yeah, it might as well. If you can get Bill Hader in your movie, get Bill Hader in your movie. Yeah, it felt good. I wonder I wonder how Bill Hader got connected to that. Like I wonder, like, is he tight with Ari Aster? Is like he's yeah. he's he hasn't really been in in an A twenty four production, I don't believe. So like doesn't strike me as like an A twenty four thing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I mean he was in it, but I don't know how that connects to you know, Ari Aster specifically. Outside the five, of just being five, a horror movie, but well, we could connect. We got to get one of these TikTok people on it. Of like, here, connect these people and tell yeah. us how they're best friends. You know, let um, us know. yeah, let us know. Okay, the next one, next one. Um, this this is really the act where Joaquin is with 
Grace and Roger um, and their daughter, Tony. We learn about Nathan, their um, their deceased son who died in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, very incremental figure to their to their life, uh, so much so that uh, Grace is doing a puzzle of his face, yeah. of his picture, which uh, I thought was hilarious. And I thought that was really funny. Really interesting dynamics, family dynamics. I do have a question about this because we see some, we see most of this in the trailer or a little bit of this in the trailer, at least Um, we get to a dinner table and this is kind of the first time that Bo is eating a meal with them, with Grace and Roger. Mm -hmm. Um, Roger gives pills to Grace and pills to Bo. He does not take any pills for himself. From what I noticed, Tony, Mm -hmm. the daughter comes in and grabs two bottles of pills and walks out What's the, what's your read? What's your read on, on like the, the pills, the prescriptions, the therapy, um, all of the, the medical things going on in this movie. Is is it really just tied to his mom's company? Like, or, or, or I, I don't know. It feels like it's gotta be, cause it just kind of feels like the, um, I, I don't know where I talked about this before, but in Wally, like the by and large company that just like is mm. everything, you know, it kind of felt like that's this version. I think we probably talked about it on here. So it's just like, yeah, is it like an actual drug or is it just kind of like some sort of mind control thing? Like I yeah. genuinely have no idea. Um, but I, I, what I did enjoy about that scene was that like the specific choice to keep the cameras far away from everyone. Like we never really push in close on the daughter. Like we right. we see her from the table and then we see the table like from her point of view. And I thought that was kind of interesting. The camera did that a few times where it's like a definitely like a POV shot and even sometimes even moving like the character would. And I thought that stuff was like, it, it's a interesting stylistic choice. Yeah. I liked that a lot for what Ari Aster did. I think there were some very creative directorial decisions uh, that I that I think played out for sure. Um, okay, uh, Bo watching the news about his mom on uh, Tony's laptop yeah. and seeing the news and then seeing um, basically his like childhood crush, Elaine, who is played by Parker Posey. Um, we kind of learned throughout the movie through flashbacks that they met on a cruise and and basically Bo said that he'd wait for her and even though they had only known each other for like six seconds and um, he sees Elaine on the news and then he immediately proceeds to vomit on the laptop. <laughs> Fucking left fielder, bro. Wasn't ready for that whatsoever. Yeah, that was honestly probably the biggest like jump for me. You know, like, I, I mean, I didn't like actually jump. It was just like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I wasn't ready for that. And maybe that's part of it too. Again, like with my viewing experience of just like hereditary, Midsommar, and we talked about it so much on here. It's like, we're not seeing anything like that in these trailers. Like, are mm-hmm. they hiding all the really fucked up stuff? Kind of turns out they weren't. They're just, it's just not there, you know? Yeah, right. And that's again, like where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm obviously having my feelings on it, but I am open to like seeing it again under a different context now. Just like, okay, I know what to expect. How will I enjoy it this time? Because I, maybe I was just like waiting for, you know, I mean, yeah, there does happen to be a decapitation in this movie, but it's just like, <laughs> yes, we sir. don't really see it. You know, it's just right. like, Oh, okay. Well, notoriously your first like feature film had like one of the most insane decapitations we've ever seen on screen. And then now this one is just like, no, I'm not really going to like, you're going to mm-hmm. see some vomit and a really large penis. And that's about <laughs> it. You know, that's about as weird as it's going to get like, okay. I, right. I just, 
so many questions. <laughs> you talked about the note earlier. So this is kind of a thing that takes place during this act where um, Grace slips a note to Bo mm-hmm. that says, stop incriminating yourself. She then at one point proceeds to direct him to watch uh, Channel 78, a very specific yeah. television channel, which ends up being a security camera in the living room. And he finds out like it's a live feed, but he can pause, play, fast forward, or rewind, and fast forward. And on that fast forward, I don't know how much of that like you were able to catch because it does happen so quickly. All Basically, all of those things do come to fruition. We see all of those mm-hmm. moments that he sees. I, I, I have two questions for you. What, what did the note mean? Stop incriminating yourself. What is that? Like, what's her stance? What's her play? Where, where is she from on that? And how does, how does that video work? I just want to know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't get it. The video stuff. I have no idea, but that was another thing that you can like mirrored that opening scene of this movie and Midsommar. It's like, okay, now we're going to see what happens for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it happens fast. I remember catching him standing on the side of a road, yes, sitting on something, you know, and then that final shot of like the stadium. That's like the only stuff I remember catching. And then obviously like the daughter attacking him or like coming after him uh, that kind of gets played in real time. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting again. Like he's doing it again where he's giving us some context clues, but we don't have the context yet. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that. So no idea how it works, but <laughs> I thought it was super interesting. Um, as far as the note, it's just, I mean, obviously Amy Ryan is kind of like trying to let him know, like there's more than meets the eye. There's weird shit going on, right? Like in that house, there's weird shit going on. And that's where I wondered if it was like, does she somehow know about like the therapist recordings and notes? And was just like, stop like saying all this shit about like what you're actually thinking. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't remember him saying much at their house that felt incriminating. You Mm -hmm. know, like I don't remember him doing too much. If if anything, it was just like, no, I want, I need to go see my mom. I need to do this, whatever. So I, I, again, like someone smarter will be, have the answer, but it's not me. It's for sure. What, like, yeah. what did you think it was? I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I have no idea. And I think that's what's so interesting and dynamic about the second act to me is like, I, I want to believe that there is more than the surface. I want to believe that grace is really, you know, kind of, uh, is the key to unlocking and understanding like the MW corporation is spying on him is forcing him to make these decisions because that's a very big thematic element to his character is that he's paralyzed. He's decision paralyzed. He, he can't do anything for himself. And so it seems like that trauma with his mother has kind of indicted that. And so I want to believe that she is alluding to these very, you know, mysterious things going on behind the scenes mm-hmm we don't get anything that that's just kind of it. We like, literally we see the note, we see the the camera and then we, we move on from that. And I, I just, I think that would have been a very interesting movie in and of itself. I think that would have been fun. And I think that would have been something worth exploring that would have been a little bit more clear, a little more concise. It would have hit a little bit more for me. Um, and I think, I think that dynamic with, with Roger, with Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane's character, he's a weird dude. And he does give off that vibe of like he's a plant or like he's hired or whatever. There's one specific time like Bo is like cur- like basically huddled in the corner, hasn't slept all night long, 
and he comes around the corner, and Roger comes around the corner, is like, "Hey, we're having a barbecue back. You get the tri tip, my man," and like yeah. walks away. And you're just like, "Are you cognizant of like what is <laughs> yeah. going on right now? Do you see Bo?" And so uh, like yeah. that just hey, opens up more questions for me. I, I like that you get calling him my dude, my know? dude, like, my brother, my brother. So, so, <laughs> oh my god, man! Like you can't do this. He but, was uh, super funny. He was Nathan super Lane's funny. A national treasure. I love. Yeah. I love him. He was if, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of things. Obviously, I I think to kind of break down and see. Um, we get the car scene. I want to mention the car scene where Bo is forced to smoke a joint or whatever the three things in there are we don't know mm-hmm. we don't have she doesn't say uh tony doesn't say and then um we get this montage of Bo sleeping on the couch with the cruise memories and this is where things get really like stitched together how did all those flashbacks work for you with the like the young joaquin and the young elaine and and understanding his relationship with his mother a bit more i think it worked pretty well like i, I enjoyed those flashbacks um, one thing about this whole movie is like as crazy as the trailer seemed with all the different stuff, it was a constant Leo meme of like, Oh, okay. That's what it is. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, that's why Amy Ryan has blue paint on paint her face. You know, it's just like, cause in the trailer, it's like, what the fuck is happening? You know, that's got that going on. It's like, no, it's just literally blue paint. Um, so it was cool to see some of this stuff happen in there and how they ended up like using it. Cause the trailer makes you think he's looking at his younger self, but that like never happens, you know, in that same context. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I like the flashbacks. I thought they were kind of cool and it was cool later on to hear her say like, those weren't dreams. Those were memories. Like that stuff actually happened, you know? Dude. And like that's that in context of like what does end up happening is pretty fucked up. Like yeah. turns out he's just like a really fucked up kid. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's, what we end up resolving on um, that a lot of those memories are really, really, really messed up. Yeah. Um, and then right after that is the, the paint moment. Um, mm. This is probably like the most left field, maybe unconnected. Um, like, why did we do this kind of a thing? Like Tony tries to convince Bo to eat paint with her and, 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 paints his name over Nathan's wall and she dies of paint poisoning. Like, I'm sorry, but like, what the fuck is going on? I don't get, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't either. Cause it's, it's another situation of just like, if they're plants, like, are they actually married or like, what's the real situation there? And this also happens after you know, she and her friend get him in the van and just like make him smoke. Yeah. Like pressure him to do it, you know? Um, but again, like another one of the funny moments is just like, can you die from this? Like, will you die from this? Whatever, you know, uh, that, I think that was, yeah. Same at the beginning of like, I, I swallowed some mouthwash. Like, I think you're okay. <laughs> like you're not going <laughs> to die from it. Um, yeah, that relationship was interesting because also her going to the other dude that was there knocking yeah. on him, like his, door of his like camper van thing and like pointing to Bo and obviously talking about him. So their dynamic is really interesting. Um, but again, I, I, maybe that's what it is with this where it's like, I don't, I don't understand the motivations of a lot of these people. And that's where I'm just kind of left. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like the only thing we get at the end is like, obviously the therapist was working with the mom and like helping out with all this information, but 
was this a Truman show thing where everyone's in on it? Like, is that everyone that was like in the audience of that kind of place? Like, are those mm-hmm. all the people that like she had hired? I don't know, but that's also, I think just kind of where it fell short for me. Yeah. I'm curious too, because I think Tony, the, the daughter, her ultimate motive did seem to be that like Bo was essentially stealing her spot in the family, right? Yeah, Steal yeah. like Bo was being adopted is pretty much how that was sold and that she was losing her spot as the treasured child in that family. Mm-hmm. And that is why she went in that direction. So again, I, I do think it is that like um, complex duality of like grief or, or guilt and like yeah. Bo is to blame whether he wants to be blamed or not. I think that's, like a really um maybe a, like a key thread through all of the relationships that he has yeah. um some pretty weird weird stuff goes down for sure um okay and then we kind of get the really like the second and a half act but pretty much the third act when he leaves mm-hmm. this house and we go into the forest and he meets these um kind of or like the forest orphans and they put on a play yeah. And this is where we get all of the animation that is in the trailer, which I thought the scene was quite lovely. I think it actually worked quite well uh, for me personally and for the movie. Um, getting this voiceover of how his life was going to be. I'm really curious what you thought about this. Well, what was that like big sound thing that the dude was like winding up? Because like once it starts making that noise, everyone kind of leaned forward a little bit. No clue. And that's where I kind of was like, oh, is there something like in the drugs that everyone's taking that like this can mm-hmm. be controlled that way? Is it a mind altering thing? Like, I don't know exactly. But yeah, I thought the visuals yeah. were cool. I love those trees, how they like kept turning and like the seasons changed cool. like, on the stage. I thought that was beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I mean, this part worked pretty well. Um, and I didn't I really didn't know how much we were going to get past this. You know, I was like, oh, this is kind yeah. of like an interesting ending if this is like if it's we learn that this story was actually just like kind of real the whole time, whatever, then all of a sudden it's just like, he's the only one standing up and it's not even that story that's necessarily being told on stage at that moment. You know, it's just yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, this is, that, that was, that was a trip. So it worked. Like I thought it was interesting. And this is the first time we're introduced to him as an old guy. And yeah. he is the old guy sitting in the tree who essentially created these forest orphan mm-hmm. community. And has created this. So that is where you get kind of this like memento vanilla sky type situation of like, is he living in a different like time stream? Like what is going on? Sees it some reality loop or something. Um, This is where we get to see Michael Gandolfini, which I thought was a great uh, casting as one of his sons, Uh, uh, which was really cool. And I love that whole, I love that whole son bit. I thought that was, um, probably the most emotionally authentic. And I thought Joaquin especially was very good in that scene um, with his children and, mm-hmm. and kind of playing to that power of what that meant for him in his life and in his stage. Um, again, I just think there's like way too many questions surrounding that, even though it did work. I think there's, you know, questions about who the, the pregnant woman might be and how they might be related and other things that I just, you mentioned like the sound thing that the guy's cranking, like he pulls a a handgun out of there at one point. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. And so I think there's a lot of questions that go unanswered. We get the, the camp blow up. This was wild and 
crazy and was it his dad? I don't know. He's led to believe that it is his dad or a friend of his dad's, even yeah. though his, his dad has been dead from coming, essentially. Uh, uh, apparently, like, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell what the Judas was with this guy. I was kind of getting um, Slugworth vibes from Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. It's just like Big he's just kind of like following Charlie Bucket around. Snooping you know, around. Like that kind of a thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. this guy does work for his dad, and he's just like going to let him know, like, oh, he's still alive. But there is also the things like maybe it just is his dad. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Cause she says that the mom says that at the end though, right? Like, that's your dad. Like, that, the, but that's your dad. Like, who is, who is the dad? Is it, is it the guy with like a tin cup in the, in the uh, attic or is it the big dick? Like, yeah, which, I like what does that mean? Dick, Cause like the tin cup looked like the little kid. Like, he still was wearing okay, the little yeah. kid shirt. So it's like, oh, it's just like a brother that we, that, Bo didn't think he had or I don't know. Like So, some- okay. So then I have another follow-up question for you because, and I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but if the big dick, the, the monstrous sized cock and balls that are in this attic, that it is alluded to that Bo will turn into that person or monster or thing. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because he does have descended testicles. And like when he's having sex with Parker Posey, like we can see his balls are enormous and yeah. he turns into, to that living creature like that's real right that exists in the house that's yeah that's what it seems like and i it, just it kind of like, i'm perplexed well and it's also just like the and not, i don't know not, it's the correlation <laughs> i think with the birthday boy stabber because it's like this naked thing and it just like keeps you know yeah. he had like the whatever he kept stabbing himself and then like stabbed the dude that like came running in so i thought that was kind of interesting but it was just like I don't know. This is the part, though, I think probably why I liked Act 3 was like, okay, we've seen weird shit in an Ari Aster ad yeah. before. Like, let's get fucking weird here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> let's get wild. But then we were just, like, in there for a minute. I was like, oh, okay. I was ready yeah. for someone to be crawling on the walls or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still part of, like, you know, my favorite act of the movie for sure. Yeah, okay. So we get we get the camp blow up, the dad or or friend of the dad blows up and people just start whipping guns out of places and Jeeves comes running after Bo and mm. falls on his own machine gun and like just absolute unhinged behavior to be quite honest with you like I remember looking at watching this scene just being like this movie's unhinged like this is unreal I don't, I don't even know what's going on right now and it, yeah. it's pretty crazy Um, and then we get Bo getting to his mom's house and showing up late to the funeral, seeing all the photos. One of the photos of which is of him receiving the news that she died on the phone. And how'd she get that photo? Again, that leads me to believe like the MW corporation is just overseeing everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's got access to everything. That's again, where I think the stop incriminating yourself note, comes from because Hmm. Amy Ryan knows that the mom can hear everything Bo is saying. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So crazy. Okay. I want to mention the sex scene. This is just wild stuff. I'm like, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I wasn't really ready for like what was going to happen. Um, because Parker Posey just fucking dies on, on top of him. Is that is that because 
is his semen like poisonous or something? Like, why does she die? I thought he was supposed to die. Like, before we get to that, <laughs> I mean, let's just talk logistics. If anyone here is like, has yeah, let's, had sex before, let's talk brass tacks. To this podcast, like, <laughs> you know, Bo smells fucking awful. Like, that man is not showered in no. days. Rank you know? as like, fuck. <laughs> like, he is gnarly as shit. And, like, no one in their right mind would. I mean, I think she kind of hints to it, like, go to the bathroom, like, freshen up, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just like, like, nope, not going to do Dude, that. Dude, but like, she, she's out. deep on the wine, though. She's oh, like, yeah, yeah she's I drink a shit to ton go. of wine before I came here. And they go, go. they go in the house and she's like, where's the bedroom? And, yeah. and then she's like, and then she mentions like, oh, the dragon's lair or something. Yeah, and like, yeah, she specifically right. calls it something very ominous. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's crazy. But um, yeah, dude is like stiff as a rock within one millisecond. And um, she just freezes and becomes a mannequin um because i i thought it was interesting i watching this scene we end up getting very focused on Bo. we go from focusing on parker posey and her character and then focusing on both of them and then we strictly focus on Bo. and i'm i remember thinking to myself like she's not she's not responding like either yeah. this is an editing mistake or or it's like or we're just like you know honed in on Bo, and we'll get her side later or something or this is very intentional. And of course it ended up being very intentional. What are, give me the breakdown, Ben. What are your logistics to why she died and Bo didn't die? I, I don't know. I'm really curious about that. Like I felt like it wasn't going to be an issue for him when the dude mentions like your dad's still alive. It's like, okay, so that yeah. well, I think it was just like a, a scare tactic from the mom to be like, Oh, you can't do this or else like, you know, kind of like a, an intense version of the, if you cross your eyes, you're going to get stuck like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. this is just like an extreme version of that. I have no idea why she actually did. Like you said, maybe there is some poisonous whatever, or that's just like, was she, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea why, but like, do you, do you think she waited for him too? Like, I know she kind of said that in a way, uh, but no way, man. No, no way. way. Parker right? Posey is way too good looking to wait, away, wait around for Bo. Let's yeah, be honest here. That's totally fair. Yeah. That's not happening. I mean, yeah. and, and obviously with how hard she goes on, on the uh, alcoholic beverages, that I'm sure this wasn't her first rodeo. She seemed to know exactly what she was doing. Um, the Ma- Mariah Carey needle drop, iconic, and I totally <laughs> understand why she was at the red carpet premiere of this movie now. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um, and that is just where things really got weirder and weirder to be quite honest with you because her character is carried away down a hallway and it turns out that Bo's mom has been watching the whole thing which is kind of what we suspected a lot but like I didn't actually think she was going to be there I didn't didn't actually think that she wasn't dead Um, Mm -hmm. and that brought up a lot more questions because we then get truthfully a sublime monologue from, uh, from the mom and things go off the hinges and they have a really great confrontation. Um, what was your kind of take on, on this whole, like her being there, her watching and then delivering this monologue of like, you fucking hate me kind of a thing. Patty the Pony, she just owned that whole 10 minutes. Like that was all her, like, you know, you, we talk about, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins getting, lead actor whatever for his 16 minutes in signs of the lambs it's like 
I think she should at least get nominated for supporting actress just for this 10 minutes because like she kills it. She does such a good job and it's cool to see her again. I don't feel like we see a lot of her. So she did a great job. Um, it was intense to hear him be like, Oh yeah, no, I knew that you weren't dead. You know, and then that whole like, yeah. Cause the hands, right. Yeah. Cause of the birthmark or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like he knew, I don't know that he knew that she was in the bathroom right there, but knew that she wasn't dead. So that was kind of an interesting choice too, but what a great, a great monologue just a, it's a it's a, such a really good scene there but it is all the stuff that she brings up where it's like she took everything that he was saying as a little kid literally and it's like you can't yeah. do that you know but she was holding it against him and i think that's just what you know put him in the mental state that he's in yeah i think that's where we see a lot of that core trauma take place and a lot of their relationship come to light and we kind of get a deeper understanding of they really just had unhealthy expectations of each other is pretty mm-hmm. much what it boiled down to. Um, and then we get the attic. We kind of mentioned the attic. Um, we get this other version of Bo and this attic was a real place. It was a memory. So then when Bo was punished or didn't listen to his mom or wouldn't get in the bath as we see or whatever, he was then sent to this attic. We don't know how long. Um, we, we don't know any logistical details, right? But like that, person is not actually living up there right that's just like that's just like a a a vision that bo sees of of himself but the dick is real i'm just trying to square away what's real and what's not because aronofsky has fucked me up on this kind of stuff and now aronofsky's getting into it i'm just trying to get things straight ben quite honestly i have no idea because i mean it gets brought up at one point that she only had one kid right so bo's like an only child supposedly yes but yeah, then you go up there and it's like, well, there's a very emaciated looking, like walking Phoenix up there in the same clothes that we saw from the kid that she shoves up there. Did and he, then, was he living up there the whole yeah. time? Yeah. That's what I don't know. Or the, did he have a sibling that she didn't just like never brought up again? You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely right. don't know. But again, this is where it's another thing of like, I wish maybe some of this had been answered a little bit, you know, cause yeah. it just kind of felt like, all right, this is like a lot of this is confusing and there's no help. Like that's one of the good things I think about Truman shows. We know the whole time that everybody's in on it. And I would have enjoyed in this of just like, we know the therapist is in on it. And you know, if you see it, you see Nathan Lane works for this company, but it's never really addressed of just like, like what is this? And Again, like, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. That's also was my problem with Joker, though, where at the end it's just like, was it all real or was he just dreaming? It's like, dude, it's a fucking cop out. Like, don't like, yeah. this is annoying. <laughs> you know, like, don't make me watch something for two hours. Then just be like, I don't know. Was it? And that's, I think, again, why I just had a problem with this. It's like, just tell me, like, was the mom like, did she fund all this because she just wanted yeah. to keep track of her kid or what's real, what's not? Um, and, yeah, he can he can do that, but I think there are, will be people like me who are just like, well, then I mean, I just don't like that. Like that's not what yeah. I want. Yeah, and you know, I think that's interesting. It can feel a little manipulative, and uh, I didn't necessarily feel that way. I did, you know, when when Bo does enter his mom's house, we get this very long, um, drawn out scene of him walking around and seeing the pictures and seeing the posters and all of these things, which does lead me to believe there is some premeditated. Um, version or or world of what the mother has done or mm-hmm. you know what has transpired I did I thought that I saw Bo on the poster for his apartment complex like he is being mm-hmm. used as a poster child and as we know as we can see 
Um, and in some of like the promo emails and promo thing posters that A24 has even put out for this movie, uh, the young kind of Joaquin Phoenix is in a lot of these medicine yeah. ads, medical ads for things um, as, as a young boy and as a teen. So that does lead me to believe there's something intertwined here. Uh, the final scene on the true cinema that I wanted to mention, the water stadium ending. Um, this is the ultimate, like, what the fuck is going on? How did we get here? Uh, we've got, we've got, uh, Richard kind showing up just in a one role for this dude, quite honestly, uh, showing up being the, uh, defense attorney for the mom. And then we've got Bo in this prop boat, basically in the middle of the Roman Coliseum that's filled with water. And then on the other stage, on the other side, he's got his one 800 defense guy that, you know, shout out Ari Aster doing what he does best and throwing somebody off off a cliff onto a rock and smashing their head. Um, what did what did you take away from the ending? Cause I was, I had quite frankly, I really, really had to go to the bathroom. So it felt kind of dragged out to me <laughs> because I needed to be somewhere else. As someone who didn't have to go to the bathroom, it felt dragged out. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like it was just, it again, I think it's why overall I didn't like this. Cause like the ending was like, this is, I don't know. Like I'm fine mm-hmm. with weird. I like weird, but this is just like, I don't, it just didn't, it didn't hit for me. Um, like at once we left the house, uh, it was just, I was kind of checked out, you know, that was, really was the key moment for me. Like the campsite to the house, like yeah. that chunk of the movie, that's like, that worked for me. That was probably like, yeah, that worked, but everything else around it. And so to end with that, like, it was like, okay, I, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> it's like, what happens after this? Like, did you build this Coliseum just for this one moment? Like, you know, if the mom Dude, owns this company I- and stuff like that, it's like, you, are, you, are you judging other people? with this thing like i i have no idea you're telling me that coliseum is real like that exists like he took that boat and then he ended up it looked like it was on a track underneath like very truman show-esque i think like that is one of the very minute clips that we get in the trailer that led us to believe like cool he maybe he's under a dome the whole time or something right like yeah we get this big jumbotron and we get this like it looks very it looked very animated to me and it didn't look real but then the boat capsizes and and Bo dr- fucking drowns and he dies. And like, and then the credits roll and it's like written and directed by Ari Aster. And it's like, I don't know if any of that worked quite honestly. And I think yeah. it's in, I think it's interesting. I think it's a going to be a very interesting think piece over the next couple of weeks to see if, if there is room for people to say, you know what? It didn't work on all levels, but I think overall Ari Aster is just trying new things or, or are we maybe going to have a, a coming like a realization thing of like this movie just doesn't work. Like, let's just be honest. Like, you know, and obviously people will disagree. Smarter people than us will probably say it, it works quite well and it is actually a good movie. I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how our takes on it change over time as well. Um, what yeah. was your, what was your true cinema moment, Ben? Um, I mean, probably just the chaos of, that dude showing up at the campsite when we get that knife thrown on stage and just like takes that dude out. It's like, Oh fuck, he finally (laughs) caught up. Okay. You know? And then I just, I enjoyed all that kind of chaos. I thought that was kind of fun. So that would probably be my moment. That that, that was probably my favorite thing in this movie. I am going to go with the kind of animation future Mm -hmm. monologue montage. I think that worked really well. I love seeing Joaquin Phoenix dressed in that old bow uh, makeup and hair and beard and seeing his three sons 
And I felt like it did give us a little bit more insight into the story of like, oh, cool. Maybe his mom is just kind of ruining his life for him and yeah. he can have kids and he will have kids and like things look up. Um, but I thought that whole scene really encompassed that like kind of pushing the envelope thing that Ari Aster wanted to do with this, especially mm-hmm. incorporating some types of animation. Um, I think that that worked really well for me. Um, and I, and I liked that scene quite a lot. Any, any final overall thoughts before we do our A1X and, and jet out of here? Anything else you want to say about how much you love Bo is afraid? <laughs> I feel like I've said everything I want to say about this movie right now. <laughs> I'll save the rest for round two. <laughs> All I'm going to say is whenever we have another Twitter contest and someone wins and we let them pick the topic of an episode, somebody please let us revisit Bo's Afraid so we can make Ben watch oh. this movie again. Oh, man. <laughs> it's already coming down the pipeline, Ben. Hey, I know. I, I know. Like, it's going to happen. I have 50% control over the schedule here. So it's, it's true. It's, yeah. it's going down. At least 50 time. for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> okay. Let's do um, A1X. This, this movie as a whole is very interesting. Uh, A1X, Ari Aster. Okay, we've got Bo's Afraid. Obviously, yeah. this one here. Three-hour mindfuck. Hereditary and Midsommar. Everything else he's done is a short. He's done only features with only A24. And they've really kind of iconicized what A24 horror is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious for you. I know I know you've got a very close connection with Midsommar. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know, what's your A1 act for Ari Aster? Let's let's check out the shirt here. <laughs> oh, had to do it. That's a beaut. Had to do it. Get on there's YouTube your, if you didn't see that. Right there, just me with my shirt like this. <laughs> Holding it up. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, Midsommar for sure. Like it's um, Hereditary is a great movie, but it's not something I need to revisit. Um, and Bo is just something that I, I'll, I'll revisit. I will because I, I feel like it deserves a second viewing. But Midsommar is something I could throw on at any point. I love mm-hmm. that movie. I think it's so well done. Um, so that's without a doubt my own act for Ari. Okay. I respect that. I've only seen all of his movies one time, including Midsommar, um, which I actually watched for this pod. And it was a big reason I wanted to start the pod because I was like, there are so many A24 movies I need to watch. And Midsommar was yeah. one. Um, and I, I do think that is his best. I think that is most his most... Um, concise, powerful, poignant message um, diving into like psychological horror. And I think mm-hmm. this is, Bo's Afraid is definitely another side of that. I just think it's a little more convoluted and messy and sticky. Um, and I think Midsommar works very, very, very well. Um, okay, we're going to do Joaquin Phoenix. Big, big role in this. A lot of people saying this could be his his best role yet, his best performance in a movie yet. I don't know if I'd go that far. But he's been in a lot of things. We've got 8mm, Gladiator. Big Gladiator fan, Ben? Yeah, you know me and Russell Crowe, dude. We're tight. tight. <laughs> You're tight. Super tight. tight. Super tight. <laughs> you got... my feelings on Russell Crowe? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Two thumbs down. <laughs> we got Signs. Uh, he was a voice in Brother Bear. Just wanted to throw that one on the list in case okay. you didn't know. The Village, Hotel Rwanda, Walk the Line, We Own the Night, Reservation Road. Two Lovers, I'm Still Here, The Master, The Immigrant, Her, Inherent Vice, Irrational Man, You Were Never Really Here, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, Joker, Come On, Come On, Bo is Afraid, and then I put Napoleon, which is the upcoming Ridley Scott film, supposed to come out later this fall, 
and Joker, fully ado, coming out in 2024, the Joker follow-up. Coming, you coming out for that, or am I going to you for that? I know we're seeing that together. But yeah, who knows, man? Maybe we'll <laughs> go to New York and we can watch it on those steps. Let's fucking we go. Can recreate that scene. A24 road trip, brother. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so I'm going to do a couple honorable mentions. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked on here about Come On, Come On. It's a brilliant performance. It's so good. Beautiful film. Um, he has a small role in one of the best ensemble movies, I think, of all time, Parenthood. Um, he's in there as Leaf Phoenix, and we still go mm-hmm. by Leaf, but Keanu Reeves is in it, like uh, Rick Moranis. It's a great movie, so watch Parenthood if you haven't. Um, and then the last one, I the last nom, whatever, is You Were Never Really Here. Um, I watched that for my other podcast, and that is, talk about stoic Walking Phoenix. Like, he he kills it. Uh, but my selection is going to be the master. I think it's nice. his best performance. It's a brilliant film. He goes toe to toe with Philip Seymour Hoffman, which is a tall task for anybody. Uh, and I think they both just like pump each other up throughout that movie. So that's what I'm going to go with the master. I have yet to see the master and every day I wake up and I hate myself because I haven't seen the master and I love, I love PTA movies, man. You know, what's interesting I wake up every day and I hate you for not seeing the master. So it's something that we have in common. So <laughs> let's, let's fix that. Look let's at us. Like, honestly, we got to do more late pods then. Cause you're unhinged and I'm just, am, I'm a big fan. I am. I'm a huge <laughs> fan right now. This is this Coke is the only this thing is, keeping me up right now. This has been uh Ron unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going with her. That's my pick. That movie really? is just Whoa. so special. Okay. I love walking in that movie. He has an incredible, uh, way with his eyes in that yeah. film that that I think does make him a very special actor, but I think that movie works very well. Um, I love Come On, Come On, and I think that's definitely worth a nod as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I just like her way too much, and that's, that's cool. That's, I'm excited yeah. for Napoleon. I think it's gonna be yeah. Good. I think Napoleon's huge. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix coming out with three, two movies this year, and then Joker next year. Like that's three quite big quite large movies to be yeah. to be starring in um especially ridley scott i mean isn't ridley like 85 years old he's he's still kicking man he's still directing he's still movies it. yeah it's unreal um okay last one here on a1 axe we've got the head trip movies bo's afraid is just a mind frock from minute one quite honestly okay here's what i've put on the list and it is definitely not all encompassing we've got memento Gone Girl, Shutter Island, Donnie Darko, Enter the Void, Mulholland Drive, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Truman Show, The Eyes of My Mother, Mr. Nobody, Vanilla Sky, Primer, Predestination, and Enemy. That's the short list for uh, what I could what I could hunt down. Nice. Uh, what are you going with, Ben? Um, I think for this. Oh. It's hard not to go with Memento because it was a great introduction to Nolan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and it is such an interesting movie. Um, So I'd probably go with Memento, but definitely shout outs to Gone Girl and Donnie Darko. Yeah. Gone Girl is good, man. Gone Girl is is really, really good stuff. Um, I agree with you. I think Memento is like pretty classic when it comes to this. I have a soft spot for Vanilla Sky in my heart. I think I talked about it last week on the pod. Like I... I watched the movie as a, as like uh, a little fledgling cinema boy uh, mm. back in high school, and uh, I, I liked that movie quite a lot. And you know we've we've talked about the Truman Show on this pod a lot, and um, I think that should go noted as well. I think that's a great, not yeah. necessarily a head trip movie, but I think it is um, one of the ultimate like, oh, 
I get it. Like, oh, yeah. that this is what's really happening. Kind of moments. I think that's um really crucial uh to kind of that uh style of movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. A twenty four ranking, Ben. I really want to know. I I don't know if you're going with F, but I want to know what you're gonna go with. <laughs> uh, can you see the light? Can you see anything worth noting that won't give it an F? Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a D twenty four. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I would give it an F. Like I, th- I feel like I've reserved Fs for the ones that like I have no desire to go back and watch ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. A second viewing isn't going to give me anything. No, but I, I will give credit to this movie that I, I do think there's probably some stuff where in a controlled environment without five people on their phone, <laughs> um, without me expecting the absurdity of hereditary or Midsommar, mm-hmm. like I, I am genuinely curious to see what I can pull from a second viewing on this. Um, and there were some things that I liked that we talked about throughout here. So I, I give it a D 24. I think that's what I'm going to go with for this one. I love it. Yeah, that's great. I, I think too, we didn't talk about the score, but I think the score is quite good. Yeah. Um, Bobby, Bobby Krillick did the score on this one. Okay, um, nice. and, and it was, it was really good. Um, I believe he did some of the scoring on beef as well, which is pretty cool. Um, nice. I am going to go, I'm going to go with a C24. I think there are things that I like about it. Um, namely, you know, kind of, I think we had the, both the same feeling about the forest scene. I think that works the the best. I think there's a lot of things that are just a little too disjointed and a little too lofty. There are moments that are really engaging and really um, eye-popping and interesting to watch. I think there's some really good camera movements. Um, I didn't mention there's one particular moment in the beginning in the city where like we get an overhead pan of which way he's looking mm-hmm. and it was really nifty. I really, I really liked some of those moments. Um, but yeah, I think... It's going to take some time. It's going to take some rewatches. Um, I just don't think it lands quite like we wanted it to, to be honest. Yeah. I think I think it just uh, wasn't what we maybe had expected. And it's weird because it wasn't what I expected, but it was exactly what I thought I was going to get, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, it was mm-hmm. totally unhinged and unreal and disjointed and weird and crazy and, like, a massive fucking penis with a stinger and... But then, like, none of it really worked. Like, it just didn't connect back for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I go, go with a C24. I'm really curious what smarter people are going to say. I'm really curious what other podcasts are going to say, what other people think, what Twitter is going to say, uh, and, you know, how, how this will go down in the coming weeks. Again, I'm interested in the box office as well. I really want to know how A24 is going to fare on this one. Yeah, for sure. I know... You know, Twitter for the people that have been able to see it a little bit early, it's been very mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, like reading that thing where someone talked about it being like Babylon, but I've saw some other people who were just like they were ready to stand up and clap at the end of it. Like there's just been oh, definitely kind of divisive. So, so yeah, I think that's I think it's cool. I like when movies do that, even if I fall on the the side that didn't really love it. So um let let these guys take a swing. You know what I mean? Like let yeah. them do it. Let let these directors. I- do their thing. Are, are you are you for like A twenty four giving Ari Aster another budget? Like, hey, next movie, like whatever you want to do, man, go for it. Or or would you like to see him structured in a little bit more? No, I'm I'm very curious about this next one from the little that we know about of it kind of being like a horror western. I believe is kind of what it is. Yeah, and I think I I like that. Like, get him back into like the horror bag, and then like a defined genre. This really just did feel like yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm so, really. Ki- yeah. I'm really curious if this movie will 
launch forward. Like if you look at his fourth film, whenever we get that in three or five years, I'm curious if we're going to see elements from Bo is Afraid that he would not have felt comfortable trying otherwise if he had not gotten them out in this film. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed like like the kind of the cultivating zone for let's try some things and then maybe hones them back later on. I'm curious what that'll look like too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll reconvene on the second viewing. Maybe someone <laughs> will make us watch it and we'll we'll talk about it again. But there you go. Um next Patreon, week. Patreon watch along, dude, right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in twenty four minute segments. We can do that. We'll watch it over a whole year. Um <laughs> yeah. So next week on the pod, we're leaving the big screen. We're heading to the small screen and the streamers. Uh we're gonna be talking about sharper. Uh, which came out recently and is on Apple TV plus Julianne Moore squad right up. Rise up. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Sebastian Stan I'm here for, even if he doesn't have a metal arm. So (laughs) I'm excited to talk about that movie. John Lithgow, who's always great as well. Um, So yeah, join us next week for that. Let us know again, what you thought about Bo is afraid. What ranking would you give it? Did you have a good time? Where does this fall in your Ari Aster ranking? Hit us up. Let us know. We are on Twitter and Instagram at 24 minutes of 824. We are also on YouTube or maybe you're watching us right now. If you are subscribe, notification bell, all that kind of stuff. Ethan does a lot of good work uh, on these. So it's, it's a fun thing to watch and you get to see us and you get to see like my tired eyes right now. as I just like <laughs> comprehend what I just watched for three hours. So, it's an, inc- it's an incredible uh, yeah. pod. I got to be honest because you start, you started with these bright eyes and then as soon as I was like, Hey, what'd you think of Bo? I saw you take like a very visible dip and you were just like, Oh, I got to ride this whole pot out with a movie that I'm, I'm not. Glad you noticed that, I, was like, I, I don't want to give anything away with like my visuals before we started talking. He's like, I can't let him know how I feel about this. Like, we'll, we'll get, you there hit it very well. You did a good job. And that's probably what took all my energy was to pretend that I was excited to talk about this. So, um, yeah, anyways, yeah. Subscribe to us on YouTube, um, and leave us comments. Like we love talking to everybody. So like interact with us, please. Uh, it's that little dopamine kick that we need. It just gives yes. notifications like, Oh cool. Hey, yeah. Someone to talk back to. So, um, yeah. Thanks again for watching. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. 